Thanks for listening to the latest Football Digest podcast available on all podcast platforms. Subscribe now through Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Acast or wherever you get your podcasts from so you don't miss a single episode. Hello and welcome along to this edition of Football Digest Extra Time. I'm Ned Keating. I'm joined today by Reese Bailey and Mark Jones as we run the all over another busy weekend in the Premier League. Now, fellas, you've been on this show before. You normally know how it goes by now that normally we talk about talking points for matches. However, match of the day is, is probably the biggest talking point this weekend. Uh, of course, there was no episode as we know it. Um, Gary Lineker could be suspended by the BBC or taken off air. Sorry, the, the terminology has been um, by the BBC uh, over his tweets regarding the, uh, the government's immigration plans last week. That led to a whole host of pundits and commentators all putting out of the show as well. Um, but as we go live today and as we're recording this podcast, it looks like that there is an end in sight to it. Um, Mark, we're waiting as we're live. We are awaiting a statement from BBC and from Gary Lineker um, in which we're expecting the BBC to apologise to, to Lineker over this whole um, situation and allow Lineker to be back in place uh, and hosting for next weekend. Of course, that could have been very embarrassing for the BBC if they hadn't resolved it uh, because they've got live FA Cup matches uh, coming up this weekend. Um, but this whole story scenario mark just uh, you know it, it's kept our pages ticking over for the last few days but the situation that we've got ourselves into and that has got to this point and it, it just how did we ever find ourselves here you know i mean it's just such a it, it just seems something that's kind of snowballed into something much larger than it ever should have been welcome to the world in in, in 2023 um quite staggering really the whole i found the whole thing to be uh incredible i mean gary gary Lineker is no more controversial than anyone who just says, "Oh, you know, let's 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 not do bad things to each other," and and that's that's basically it. And and for the government to to act in the way it has and to show how petrified they are of sorry for the BBC to act in the way they have to show how how, how petrified they are of of, of of a government who have failed on many things is um, is remarkable. And you know, the good the, the good side of it is we saw you know a lot of solidarity with him from from pundits and from fans and from players and managers and everything else and but it's just a staggering situation and how it ever reached this point and and thankfully yeah as we just we've just gone now I've just sent you the statement it's just got up there now and and it looks like it looks like uh sanity is prevailing but um just uh absolutely staggering and uh, you know an incredible level of hypocrisy I think on on show in terms of when you look at you know, some of the uh, sort of the, the donors to, to the BBC, shall we say, to the government, um, remarkable. And as I say, thankfully, it looks like it's coming to an end. But um, I mean, for, to, to to say it's a it's about impartiality is, is is a joke, frankly, because it's you know it's 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 only impartial on their terms, isn't it? So um, no, it looks like it's over though, and uh, we can uh, we can get back to sort of football coverage as we expect. Yeah, just to read out that statement in full that we've got here from uh, BBC Director Jim Tim Davey. Uh, Everyone recognises this has been a difficult period for staff, contributors, presenters, and most importantly, our audiences. I apologise for this. The potential confusion caused by the grey areas of the BBC's social media guidance that was introduced in 2020 is recognised. I want to get matters resolved and our sport content back on air. Impartiality is important to the BBC. It is also important to the public. The BBC has a commitment to impartiality in its charter and a commitment to freedom of expression. That is a difficult balancing act to get right where people are subject to different contracts and on-air positions and with different audience and social media profiles. 
The BBC's social media guidance is designed to help manage these sometimes difficult challenges, and I am aware there is a need to ensure that the guidance is up to this task. It should be clear, proportionate, and appropriate. Accordingly, we are announcing a review led by an independent expert reporting to the BBC on its existing social media guidance with a particular focus on how it applies to freelancers, outside news and current affairs. The BBC and myself are aware that Gary is in favour of such a review. Shortly, the BBC will announce who will conduct that review. Whilst this work is undertaken, the BBC's current social media guidance remains in place. Gary is a valued part of the BBC and I know how much the BBC means for Gary and I look forward to him presenting our coverage this coming weekend. A uh, statement from Gary Lineker reads, I'm glad that we have found the way forward. I support this review and look forward to getting back on air. Um, Reese, just reverting back then to the weekend where we didn't have Gary Lineker on air, and of course we didn't even have Match of the Day on air. Um, did you settle in and, and were you intrigued? I mean, for me, I, I, I managed to sit for about 30 seconds of it just out of interest more than anything else, just to see how the BBC would play it. Um, and I kind of knew it would go downhill as soon as they didn't play the iconic match of the day theme. It was kind of one of those things that you could sense they were slightly embarrassed by that they didn't want to link it to, to match of the day at all. Um, called it Premier League highlights as well. Didn't even use the the, the usual theme. Um, did you did you catch any of it? Did you stick through any of it? I mean, you know, I know I know our, our, our head of video here at Reach kind of really enjoyed it. Would would rather a kind of bite size no as he put it, no waffle uh, version of Match of the Day. But for me, it was yeah, a, a step too far. I had to go back to watching golf instead. Yes, yeah, I watched it. I watched it all. Um, I did find myself tuning out. There wasn't a lot to keep you entertained, but even before the lack of the theme tune, there was an apology from the from the voiceover artist, which was really fitting. And it, 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 told, it told the story very well that they didn't even use the Match of the Day, Brandon, as you said, and we were expecting at least the theme tune. And the whole thing just shows a lot of naivety from the BBC to, to think they can tell Galenica to step back, not thinking everyone else would then stick with him. I don't know what, who thought who thought that was going to be a good idea without without talking to the other staff first. Um, Lineker and, uh, sorry, Alan Sheridan and Wright were pretty much instantly, weren't they, pulling out of the show. And, and after that, no one's going to put their neck on the line and, and stay on there. Um, it's, yeah, his it's sense has prevailed now. It's a really really difficult weekend for BBC Sport with even the radio going down the pan basically and BBC has never really been in a position where hour to hour you don't know what their what their next plans are going to be and we're all watching each show to see how this is going to this is going to play out so this had to be sorted they got it done on the Monday as well which is probably the best the best case and even looking at their statement there they've said that at the moment the same guidelines are in place on social media um, which I don't know how long that will last for I think Gary Lineker might be a little bit more more careful now, just just in the meantime before this review plays out. But the, the whole thing was a massive, massive nightmare for the BBC, and I am glad that, that Lineker's coming back on air because it, it didn't feel quite right without him, of course, and about the others as well. So the whole thing it shows naivety from the BBC. The only thing is with the impartiality for for a hundred years or so that this worked fine. You know, you had employees that that don't mind not not speaking up, but in this day and age, it's not going to happen, especially someone like Lineker, who, who strongly backs the social causes. So the BBC, the only thing they've done right is fixing it today. Yeah, I, I did see a lot of tweets over the weekend, uh, people using images of, of Des Lyman and previous match today hosts saying, oh, this never would have happened in their in their days. Social media wasn't a thing when Des Lynham was was around as well. You know, they're kind of, the platforms now are obviously so wide. And as you said there, you know, you know, kind of more uh, socially conscious voices as well that we've got um, and a great thing as well to use their platforms to, to kind of raise awareness of, of issues and, and causes such as these. Um, Mark, as, as we've kind of touched on already, um, you know, the BBC 
have acted quickly to rectify this, but do you feel their hands were almost tied in this situation, you know, because of how it unfolded at the weekend, the public reaction to how it unfolded, and the fact that, as I said at the top of the show, they've got live FA Cup matches this weekend. You know, it's one thing to muddle through uh, match of the day with highlights without commentary, and I know for match of the day, too, they were able to get commentary on that in the end. But as, you, as, as we saw with the Women's Super League yesterday, it just seemed like a weird product to watch where it was just dropped in. I think someone likened it to, to kind of one of those um, more obscure sport channels where they don't have presentation uh, teams in place and that they normally get the commentator, especially at half-time, just to talk over the top of highlights and, and lead to the intros and the outros. It just, it didn't seem like the polished, usual professional standards that we expect from the BBC. And of course, as I said, with live games to come this weekend in the FA Cup, it, it would have been a, an absolute, you know, what would have been a, a mess last weekend would have been an absolute disaster going into those live matches. I don't think their hands were tied because it's a mess entirely of their making. They they didn't need to do this. Um, as I say, Lineker didn't didn't say anything that was in any way that controversial. Um, we've seen other BBC presenters, someone like Alan Sugar, quite easy, you know, quite often talk about the politics that matters to him and criticizing political figures and criticizing decisions and and elsewhere as well. Someone like Andrew Neil. When he was presenting the, um, the 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 program, you know, this uh, what's what's supposed to be a news program, but quite clearly had an agenda behind it. Um, so no, it's a mess that they're all making, and the whole thing is come from them being afraid of the government, and um, that's quite a scary place to be, really, in terms of when you've got the national the national broadcaster um, bending over backwards for for a government, this government in particular, and um, so no. Uh, it's, it's their own making. Um, of course, everything now, uh, yeah, but with, with it all being rectified and everything else, it, it looks like it will just go back to normal, and um, and people will probably quickly forget about it. And it's been a it's it's been a distraction from from several other things that go on in the world, like people struggling to pay their bills and all sorts of things. So, um, whether Alinica stays there like, long term, it'll be fine now, probably until the end of the season. But I just wonder if he he might walk away in the summer, perhaps. Um, because he, he, you know, he will be short of offers, and I'm sure he um, he would perhaps look at this as maybe a line has been crossed in terms of. I don't, I don't, I don't think he'll change. I don't think he'll change his his uh, sort of personality or his the way he tweets or the way he goes about it. And nor should he. Um, so, so no, I think it, hopefully now we can all get back to to normal. And I found the whole thing embarrassing for for, for the BBC and. Um, when when this whole thing ends up in what you saw on Saturday night, which I didn't watch actually, I was up, up, but I, at one point I yeah uh, I, I just I, I checked it on the phone just to watch a bit. It was just weird, wasn't it? It was just very odd. Um, it just so entirely avoidable and um, and a really sort of sorry issue, really. Um, but yeah, as I say, it looks like it'll be over now. But I mean. There'll be there'll be something else will happen soon enough, and 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 this with with with, with this government in charge, you never you never you never see short of uh, of talking points, are you? But um, as I say, yeah, he'll be back. Is it? Yeah, the FA Cup next week, he'll be back on that, and and uh, probably make a probably make a right little joke about it, and, and and the world will move on. Yeah, I think we're all looking forward to that opening live from from Mister Lineker. I don't think he'll miss the opportunity there to uh, to make reference to what's happened in the last few days. Um, but for sure, definitely great news that it's uh, it's been resolved and hopefully everyone can move on from this now and we can start talking about the football again.
more Premier League action, more twists and turns um, in, in the league, Reese. And I feel as though I put it a little bit further down on the running order, but maybe we should probably start there. Um, Premier League relegation battle, you know. We know who the two protagonists are in the title race, and it's going to be Arsenal and Manchester City through to the end. The top four looks like it can kind of, will Spurs throw it away? Will Liverpool throw it away? Will Newcastle throw it away? You know, they kind of all have their moments where they're, they're kind of, look like they're in control of that destiny and then struggle. But down at that bottom, nine teams separated by five points as we're ticking into the final weeks of the season. That's going to be an absolute dogfight, isn't it? You know, you look at teams like Southampton still picking up results. You know, they draw at the week and they unfortunately they drop back down to bottom because they're born with go beat Liverpool. You have other teams as well. They're, there's going to be so many teams playing against each other in that bottom bit as well that they're all going to be taking points off each other. And for me, I, I wonder kind of you look at who's in that and who's in that nine teams, you worry for someone like Crystal Palace who have now been dragged back into it because their form's been so poor, no shots on target in their last three. But this is just going to be a fascinating end to the season down at the bottom of the table. Yeah, I almost feel like the, the title race is distracting us from the real story of this season, which is this manic relegation battle, which it feels like a championship season down there, not just mocking the quality of those teams, although there has been some championship defending. But yeah, that, that gap has formed between Villa and Palace in, in 11th and 12th of eight points, I think it is now, which that, that's, that's worrying for Palace, considering where they were. Palace have probably got some of the worst form out of any of these teams. And Southampton, weirdly, one of the best. They look a lot better at the moment. They still still find themselves bottom. So they're so looking at the, the teams in the mix. I mean, you've got West Ham who are in awful form and um, Bournemouth below them, who are now beating Liverpool and Leeds and Everyone's in trouble, basically. The Forest went up to 12 at one point, dropped right back into it. Now they're back up to, I think, 14. So it's going to be really exciting. I hope a few of these, I haven't looked at the fixtures, I hope a few of these teams play each other on the last day because there's, there's at least going to be, hopefully, for the entertainment purposes, at least five teams in the mix on the last day. And at the moment, it looks like that will be the case. I mean, whoever does stay up out of this lot probably consider themselves lucky that there's been a really poor batch of teams and... I just, I just, I'm really excited for the last day. I want one of them split screen things. That's what, that's what we need. We see all these goals flying. They want it to change three or four times on the last day. It is really exciting. Almost like a kind of NFL style red zone. We'll just jump between them all and we'll kind of have that, you know, kind of, oh, where's the goal gun in that, that kind of thing. Mark, just looking at the teams that are involved at the bottom, um, you know, we touched on Crystal Palace, they're being in, in poor form, being sucked back into it. But of all of them, the one that I kind of fear for the most, um, and, I, and I don't say this as a Tottenham fan, I say this as a, as a neutral at this point, but you look at those teams down there, West Ham are the only one that are still involved in European competition. Look like they'll probably go through and into the next round as well. It's a good opportunity. They're in such a weird situation, I think, in West Ham. In that it's a good opportunity for them, if you look at the teams that remain in the Europa Conference League, to go very deep into that, perhaps even win it. Um, I, I think with the quality of teams left and, and the way that they've played in that competition so far as well. But Premier League survivors to be one end for this club, isn't it? You know, that they have to, with the stadium that size and 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 their kind of everything else um, that, that comes with it. You know, we had David Moyes talking earlier in the season um, about how having had a couple of good seasons with West Ham and they were knocking on the door of the Champions League and they just missed out. But that was the next step for them to, to make West Ham. He'd said that it was now time to progress West Ham into a Champions League club. And, you know, I hate to use the cliche, but they're looking more championship at the minute, aren't they? You know, they're closer to that than they are to the top four. And is is that going to be troublesome, that European run and that European competition for West Ham? All the other sides down there um, can all focus mainly on the Premier League. And West Ham kind of have that, that juggling situation between Thursday, Sunday, Thursday, Sunday, if they can carry on in the Europa Conference. Yeah, they seem to have 
kind of slept walk into it, don't they? Um, you know, they probably spent even even at the first half of the season when perhaps results weren't going that well, they were still looking up. Um and and all of a sudden now they 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 find themselves looking down and just on and we're actually running it uh running a piece today um on everyone's opinions on the relegation fight. So I've had a few but a few come into me and actually talking about the last the last day of the season, it's um Leicester play West Ham at, at Leicester and Everton play Bournemouth at, at Goodison. So that that that'll probably be where the action is. So there's your there's 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 your split screen. But um, no, West Ham you look at them on paper and and they they look mid table, do mid table side, don't they? And but obviously that's that's not where the game's played. And the thing I worry about them is, you know, have they got that sort of focal point up front? Because and uh, Antonio's kind of getting on a bit now, isn't he? And he's a little bit in and out of the team. Skamaka, the Italian lad they signed, doesn't seem to have worked out. I know he's been injured, but he was, I think he was on the bench yesterday. He didn't even be more. So, um, so it's it is troubling for them. And but as we says, I mean, it's so tight. Five points between Palace in twelfth and Southampton in twentieth. And it and it's almost like okay, this week we're going to be talking about Palace and West Ham, but then next week we'll be talking about Everton and Leicester, and then the week after we'll be talking about Bournemouth and something else. So it's like. It, it it will it will change so often uh, every week from now until until the end of May, and West Ham are one that I I I just I can't see it can't see it going down. Um, I just think you know, I think like someone like Declan Rice. I just think they, you know they get they someone like him is going to stand up and be counted. I think so. Whilst it is worrying for them, and I agree the European thing is a bit of a distraction. It can also go the other way, and they can get some good results, and it can build confidence. And you know maybe maybe they bring in a player for one of these European games who perhaps. You know, someone like uh, Corne, I've seen. Another lad used to be at Burnley, who, who was kind of quite a sparky player for them, wasn't he? Maybe he plays one of these European games and scores a couple of goals. Or same with Skamaka, and you know, all of a sudden he's playing in the Premier League, and then he takes that form into there. So I wouldn't necessarily say the European thing is 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 the sort of the big problem for them. They just need to kind of remember who they are a bit. And Moyes, Moyes got the experience; he's been there, he's done it before, and I think that might, well, that should actually be be enough for them. I just, I just can't see him going down. Moving to the uh, top of the Premier League, uh, Mark, I'm going to stick with you here. Um, obviously, again, no trade secrets being given away here, being a Liverpool fan. Um, if we had you on last Monday... I thought, I thought you said top of the league. <laughs> well, closer, further further up the table at least. So, well, maybe I was being too kind to Liverpool there. Um, but if we had you on last week, I, I presume you would have been having a smile like the Cheshire Cat at this point, talking about that fantastic victory and... Kind of, I think we were discussing it on the show last week as well about Liverpool having momentum behind them. I think myself and uh, Joe Krishna, who was on last week, we were both talking about Liverpool being the favourites for top four at, at, at that point. And then to go and lose 1 0 at relegation threatened Bournemouth. Uh, and obviously, a, a difficult week coming up, uh, um, trying to overturn that uh, three goal deficit against Real Madrid in the Champions League tie too. But with Liverpool this season, and, and you might view this differently to me as, as a fan, but I've put it down on the rushing order as inconsistent Liverpool. And I think if you look at their performances and their results against teams in and around the, the upper echelons of the league, you know, all your, all your so-called bigger teams, you know, your kind of historic teams like Chelsea, your Arsenal, Manchester City, United, they've, you know, they haven't beaten them all, but they've, they've performed well in those games or better in those games. And it seems to be the teams a little bit lower down the table is where their, their struggles have come this season. Obviously, that defeat against Bournemouth, they've lost recently against Wolves as well. Um, you go back to the start of the season, um, you know, that, that game against Crystal Palace as well. We can't buy a win now. 
do you think that they're not so much an arrogance? I don't want to use that term, but the, the kind of the mentality monsters that Jurgen Klopp previously spoke about, it seems to be a little bit different this season. Oh yeah, it's long gone. Um, no, I think it's inconsistent is is probably the word, but I also think I, mean, I actually wasn't that surprised they lost that game. To be honest, on Saturday they just it just that's what kind of what they do at the minute. It's, that's that's kind of their that's kind of the issue in terms of what they've become, which is a team that's just a challenging for the top four team, which as you know, because you support one of them, they are inconsistent, you know, and, and, and they do throw in results like that. They do throw in defeats. So actually when you say about being favourites, they probably still are. But but you know, because you know that you know that Spurs will drop points, you know that Newcastle will drop points. It it, it will happen. And and you know, the 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 saving grace from from um losing at the weekend was the run they've been on before because that that had got them back in back in contention for it because they were way off it at one point. So the top four thing, yes, of course it's important to the club and they don't want to lose that prestige as a as a Champions League side. But I do think they're 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 finding it hard to adjust to being in this top four challenge. And that's what that's why going away to a team like Bournemouth and yeah, I mean they lost away at Forest this season. They they drew at Fulham, they drew at um Everton, they uh, yeah, like you say, the Palace won at home. Um, you know, there's been there have been very poor results um, all the way through the season. But then when they do play the, the, the better sides, I think there's something in the sort of ebb and flow of those games against the better sides, and they 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 can deal with that a bit better than when it gets a little bit trickier in these difficult away games. They they um, they struggle. They wear that terrible away kit. I'm not doing that helps either. Books. Um, no, I I I don't. I wasn't that surprised by the result, and I actually think. Um, just similar to the relegation, it's gonna it's gonna go all the way. Um, whether or not they'll get there or not, I just don't know because the, the the inconsistency is there, and this has basically become a season where I think Liverpool were playing for time a little bit in terms of waiting for players to come back from injury, and um, they're now in a situation where when I mean, you look at that team at the weekend, and there's two teenagers in the midfield, and and whilst well, you know neither of them neither of them sort of stood up, I think. It's that experience that they'll gain going into next season. What, what, I'm, what, what I'd hope to see now is is the team develop to to be in place for next season. And um, now that's going to have to when uh, whether that includes Champions League football, we'll we'll, we'll wait and see. But um, no, they they you just can't trust them at the minute. And 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 I think um, Bournemouth have fully deserved to, to to win the game. And and yeah, off the back of the the, the seven 0 obviously I was there last week again. You're not surprised they can do these things, and and um, and they might do it. You know, then they've got some big games. Actually, obviously there's Real Madrid, but then after that, when they come back from the international break, they've got um, a run of City away, Chelsea away, and then Arsenal at home in a week. And they're probably more likely to win those games than than they are to Bournemouth. It's 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 just how mad it is at the minute. Yeah, nine points from nine for Liverpool when they return from the international break if uh, if previous games this season really can go, but. Um, Rich, just stick them in the top four battle for a second. Um, you know, <laughs> to 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 continue the theme of this show and impartiality, I suppose it's probably not right for me then to comment on Spurs, but so I'll get you to do it instead. Um, in terms of the victory over Forest, how important is that after the week that they've had, you know, the insipid display against Real, um against AC Milan in the uh, in the Champions League to go out from that, the defeat as well, uh, the previous weekend. It, it you know, Spurs needed this result, it didn't matter how they played. And yes, they played well, I think, in the first half uh, from from what I saw in the silent movie that was much the day at the weekend. They played well in the first half and, and you know, kind of looked okay, but it didn't matter how they played. It was just a case of getting that 
result, getting that win to, to hopefully bring a bit more confidence back to the side after what was a tough week. Yeah, and Harry Tain described it as a dagger through the heart, didn't he? And you know, that could concern him maybe having his last chance to win a, to- a trophy with Tottenham now gone. Um, the Sheffield United performance, I mean, Sheffield United team who made, I think they made seven changes. It's, it's beyond embarrassing, that one. And the, but even the, the Milan game, I couldn't see how Tottenham were going to make a chance. They didn't like creating a single chance. It's, it's just, I don't understand how, how the, the team thought they were going to... And then the, Harry Kane had that header at the end, which would have been a massive smash and grab to go to extra time. But yeah, it, it was important. And for Kane to get a couple of goals as well, it's, it, it's important. But you look at the bigger picture of Tottenham and it's still a miserable one, isn't it? I mean, top four is a possibility, yeah. But realistically, how far are Tottenham even going to get in the Champions League? If, if, if they can't do any, anything in domestic cups and who's going to be managing next season. It's, if Tottenham were to just hang on to that top four spot, Conte can leave with some sort of credit for that. But it's, it's a massive, a massive change um, at Tottenham in the summer. And if Pochettino comes back in, can he convince Kane to stay? Is that, is, I don't know, that might be the hope for a Tottenham fan, but it's such an up and down season. It, it does feel like Liverpool and Tottenham are sort of ex, uh, exchanging when they have a good, good run of form. And, and it looks like there's going to be nothing to separate at the end of the season. So it, it will it will come down to the last few games, I imagine, and how Liverpool can perform in the in these big games. But for Tottenham, who knows what's going to happen? It, you just cannot predict it. And the style of play at the moment, though, even though with that win over Forest, it's just not working. Split screen for for the relegation battles. Split screen for the top four in the final day. I suppose maybe at this rate, the one the one thing that could be decided is uh, is perhaps the Premier League title. Obviously, Arsenal being. Five points clear at the top. Uh, again, Mark maintaining that lead over Manchester City. Five wins from five in the league as well after that that sticky patch uh, where they dropped points against Everton and dropped points against Brentford as well. Um, are we starting to get into the stage now? I know it's had stupid, doesn't it? You know, they've been there and, and you've still got probably people that think, oh, you know, Arsenal return to the Arsenal of old. But yesterday's performance for Fulham, I thought, was, was um, you know, kind of a, a strong indication of, of the change in this Arsenal side that they were confident they were composed there was no fear um you know Fulham could easily be a place where you know when the crowd get on the home team it could easily have, have, have gone to a bad place for Arsenal and equally as well you know going back to what we spoke about West Ham having European competitions focus on playing Thursday Sunday whilst in the relegation battle Arsenal had that Thursday Sunday nightmare now whilst going for the title as well and and you know a lot of the time if they go deep in the Europa League they're going to be playing after Manchester City as well and coping with that pressure of well, City have just closed the gap to two points. We're going to have to extend it. We're going to have to win to extend it back after five points. But they seem to be dealing well with that at the minute of City playing first and then anything they could do, Arsenal go out and do better. Yeah, they're just a very, they're a very smart team, aren't they, at the minute? And that's probably what um, what people were concerned about in terms of how they would um, live up to this pressure. Or they, they, I just think one of kind of the opposite of Liverpool, actually, what they do is they don't give they don't give teams any encouragement the way they play. You know, they, they, they're almost like they're going to stamp their authority on this and they are going to prove that they are the better side in the game. Whereas you look at something like Liverpool, they always enjoy offer encouragement to the, to the other team to, to attack them or to you know, get crosses in or run up. Arsenal just seems to cut that out at the source and it's really clever. And, um, and yeah, uh, the playing, I actually think the playing second thing, what is kind of helping them in that regard, it's the Europa League. So they, because they know, they know they're going to be Sunday. So, you know, it's, I think sometimes they can just get themselves in that mindset is that they know it's going to be Thursday, Sunday. So they know, unless obviously they need kickoff times or whatever, but they know they're going to be playing second after City. Whereas if they were playing in the Champions League, maybe it would chop and change and they'd be early or whatever. So I just think they're able to, 
they're able to accept it and they're able to look at, they're almost, they're probably almost think, well, City will win. And obviously they only just scraped it at the weekend, but, but they'll probably just sit in the well, let's just presume City will win. And, and I think that's helping them. And, um, yeah, very good performance at Fulham. Very, very solid, very, um, you know, they say it, it was, it was kind of the look of champions, wasn't it? The way they, the way they sort of strolled in there and, and then someone like Crossard, what a fantastic signing he's been. Really, really good, really clever signing. You know, three assists in the first half and um, adding him to the squad at the time they did, I think was very clever. Just a bit of a sort of, to beef up the attack where they perhaps looked a little bit short. That, that, that was my concern at the start of the season. Actually, you looked at Martinelli and Saka and, and obviously Gabriel Jesus initially and Ketia. All very good players, but could they sustain it? You know, with with the Europa League as well, was there going to be a bit of burnout there? And and adding someone like Crossard has really helped. So, so yeah, um, they 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 keep on going, and and uh, it's all going to come down to that that game at, at City, isn't it? At the end of April was lo- looking like it's going to be going to be a massive one for sure. And and of course, you can keep up to date with all the uh, latest on the title race, from the top four race, and the relegation battle uh, across. The Mirror that start in the Express website. Uh, also, feel free to check out the Mirror Football YouTube channel. We launched a lovely new series at the weekend called Inside the Press Box. You can see my beautiful mug on the first episode of that as I went back to uh, my old stomping ground, Dagenham and Redbridge, to watch their game against Wrexham in the National League. Sadly, Ryan Reynolds was not in attendance, so I couldn't get him on camera, but such is life. Uh, and of course, you can come back to Football Digest, the main show on Thursday, where John Cross will be joined by some of the best and brilliant, most brilliant, of course, uh, journalists from across the UK. Uh, but for now, it's goodbye.